13 years after they started on the process of replacing the Canadian military's F-18 fighter jets, the government has announced a deal. 88 Lockheed Martin F-35s. The cost? $19 billion. The first planes should arrive and be running in about three years, and the full fleet forecasted to be operational by about 2034, which means that will be 24 years after it was first announced that uh, the fleet was going to be upgraded. Conversation started before then, but in earnest, 2010 is when this process began. And the decision to go with the F-35 is not without controversy either. A lot of people think that there are some issues around this plane. So let's get into it a bit and find out exactly what we know about this and what might be some of the problems people are worried about. We're going to chat with Dr. Timothy Choi uh, from the University of Calgary and a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Hi, Shay. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first and foremost, most people seem to be saying overall, and, you know, there may be issues with this deal, and bottom line here, though, thank goodness we're finally doing something, and we have a timeline for when we're going to get a new fleet. Bottom line, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, right at the very start, this took, you know, close to something like, you know, 13 years, and of course, from way back when, you know, we joined this program back in 1997, when it was just a twinkle in some in your Lockheed engineer's eye. Um, and so we've been contributing, we've been paying into this program for, you know, over for decades now. Um, and so we're finally getting around to saying, yes, this is the plane that we're going to get. Now, there are some people that say this isn't the right plane to get. And indeed, and, and you know this, uh, the F-35, seven years ago, Justin Trudeau famously said, we will not buy the F-35, and here we are buying 88 of them for almost $20 billion. So what are the concerns around the F-35, and why did Trudeau at the time say we weren't going to buy them? So the F-35 is somewhat of a, well, it's a very complex aircraft that tries to do a lot of things into one package, right? And one of the big things about it was that it was supposed to provide a, you know, a solid fighter-bomber uh, airframe for the American Air Force, the Navy and their Marine Corps, all which have different requirements, and that contributed a lot to the problems that has. Uh, some of those problems are unique to those individual variants for each of those services. Um, but then, you know, you know, in a lot of reports, you know, they just kind of get lumped together. So everyone assumes that the most basic model, which is the A version for the Air Forces, that's the one we're getting. Uh, they assume that that one shares all the problems with the other ones. Not quite true, um, but there, of course, you know, it's still an incredibly advanced aircraft. You know, you know people characterize it as a flying supercomputer. Um, it does, you know, yeah, sure, it does all traditional fighter aircraft things, like you know, fires air-to-air missiles, uh, you know, bombs targets on ground, but also has an extremely advanced suite of electronic warfare systems, so that you don't really, you don't need as much of a separate electronic attack aircraft like you used to. Um, you have a lot of, of course, you know, it's a stealth aircraft, so it's um, it's very hard to detect on radar. Um, but, you know, that only gets you so far. So, you know, it's the important thing is that you can see things without being seen. Um, and so traditional um, older self-aircraft, they perhaps didn't have that capability um, in order for them to actually send things around them. They had to emit some sort of radar signal. Uh, well, the F-35, they got all these, um, you know, they got a newer radar that's harder to detect. And then they have also these uh, passive infrared and electro-optical sensors around them. So we can see uh, 360 degrees around you as to uh, what's around you without being without the enemy knowing that you're looking at them. So it's a lot of things there. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the concern that I and you know even the United States the, uh, Department of Defense had some concerns around this. So the cost is to buy these planes is about 19 billion dollars, but the cost to operate them, maintain them, and keep them in the air goes up to about 70 billion dollars. And that's been part of the criticism about the F-35, right? They're expensive to maintain. That was part of the concern. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and certainly, uh, when you're talking about buying the individual aircraft, you know, the cost of them seems to have gone down to pretty much the same as any of the previous, uh, generation of aircraft that are available on the market. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, there weren't too many that made it through the competition. Um, but yeah, the operational cost of the F-35 definitely is one. It's not a strong suite. Um, there's so many of these things to make it do all those things I mentioned earlier, uh, just to maintain them, all the self-coatings, all the electronics, all the computers and everything. You know, all of that doesn't come cheap and uh, quite pricey. On the other hand, you know, it is one of the uh, very few programs in the world that has so many operators, right? And there will be so many different operators, so many nations, so many countries around the world uh, using these things for the next, you know, half century. So, you know, that's a huge amount of economies of scale, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, resource base, a lot of maintenance, a lot of labor, a lot of uh, expertise are around a lot of spare parts. Um, that helps contribute to um, perhaps, you know, lowering that, mitigating that operational cost. Because, um, of course, what you don't want is sort of this one-off weird yeah. little, uh, you know, we're the only ones operating it, uh, you know, sort of like a submarine where, you know, every little part that gets broken, you have need to make one from scratch and that takes forever in a day. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that makes really good sense. No, no doubt about it. Um, overall, I mean, we've heard people, people were calling a show yesterday and talking about this plane from, I think it was Sweden or I, yeah. was this the best deal available? Is this the plane that we should have gone with in your opinion? Um, I think it definitely was not just because, uh, you know, all of our other, uh, NATO, current NATO allies are also basically, they've decided on this aircraft as well. You know, the same amount of aircraft that ran to those competitions, um, for all those other countries, but what came out at the end, what won at the end was also the F-35, was also the F-35. um, any competition in which the F-35 was contender is generally won. Um, so, you know, for us to say, oh, no, it's not, you know, it's good enough for other countries, but for some reason that it doesn't meet our requirements, that would be, that would be very, very strange. Um, and if we had done that, it definitely, I think, would be some uh, more of a political issue yeah. at play. And ultimately, you know, we are a G7 country. Uh, we're not, we're not a poor country. Um, and, you know, there are countries that are, you know, fewer financial resources that have uh, decided on having F-35 as well. So you know, they've done the math, um, and our math shouldn't be too different from theirs. In that regard. Well, that's the thing, Doctor, and I think that's uh, the, the last question I have for you is in terms of what this says to our allies and to the rest of the international community have kind of looked at us and, you know, with raised eyebrows, like, what are you guys doing here? You, you, you gotta, you gotta step up what you're doing around defense. This at least shows that we're not only talking the talk, we're actually going to go out and do some things to increase our defense spending and increase our capabilities, which is something a lot of our allies have been calling on us to do for a while now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to really, it, I mean, there definitely is that political move here, right? Um, you know, there was a, you know, for the internal domestic politics that the F-35 wasn't particularly popular back in the early half of this decade, I think, um, the situation around the globe has worsened to the stage where I think a lot of Canadians are happy, are going to be happy, uh, or at least satisfied that we are getting, you know, the best as, you know, what is basically touted as the best aircraft around that has a lot of, uh, long-standing, a lot of capabilities, a lot of life cycle, um, you know, end of life sort of support, um, that when perhaps some of the other competitions won't be getting just because they, you know, a lot of people won't be getting them. Um, so there's that. And of course, I have to mention, you know, us waiting this long, you know, 12 years also means we sort of benefit from a lot of the improvements that we made yeah. the aircraft over that time, right? Because, you know, you think about, you know, our computers 12 years ago versus what we have today, you know, a lot of us were just rocking around with thumb phones. Um, back then, now we're holding, you know, miniature supercomputers in our hands. So, you know, think of all the upgrades that are being impl- implemented to the F-35 in that time period. Um, 
And, you know, perhaps one of the biggest upgrades that I saw that we know about, because, you know, the Air Force is pretty mum about this sort of thing, is that the new version that we're getting, you know, has a 50% increase in internal weapons capacity. Um, so, you know, the old ones, the old F-35s that, you know, if we had bought them when Harper wanted them, they would have carried only four air-to-air missiles in this uh, stealthy internal compartments. But with the new ones, uh, we're going to upgrade that to six missiles uh, for the long-range um, air-to-air defense. For the when operating stealth configuration, they can carry more, of course, on the L- sure, yeah, on the on the wings, but in that tech part, so. Like you say, it's so technological that you know the advancements happen every day. Um, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.